Welcome back to the Brazen Truth Podcast. I'm Tiffany Cater, and you're listening to the podcast where we talk about morality, spirituality, and sexuality according to the Bible. Today, we're just going to be having a little friendly chat, a little cup of coffee with my good friend, Sandra. Sandra was on an um, episode of the Brazen Truth, uh, I think probably a month and a half or so back. We spoke about her success in weight loss, and today we're going to be just talking about any Anything and everything from weight loss to current events, uh, things in the world, you know, all the fun stuff that's going on right now. That's what we're <laughs> going to do today. And I'm looking so forward to it. Sandra's always a pleasure to, to talk, to talk to, to speak with, to hang out with, and just to be around her. You just feel a calmness. And I, I just really appreciate that in a person, especially in today's world. Um, well, anyways, uh, get your coffee if you want to join us and we'll be right back. Um, anyways, Sandra, you're like the mother of the chill pill. So <laughs> talk to us. So what, what's going on in your life today? Um, you just got over COVID. You, you got really sick with COVID, um, in August and you weren't really, I didn't even know about it. Like I consider you a good friend and I didn't even know about it until literally today. So, and it wasn't like, oh, I was sick, uh, mildly sick for a few days. You were super sick. And I didn't know about it, so I feel like a horrible friend. <laughs> it's not your fault. But uh, no, tell me about that experience. No, I didn't. I didn't tell too many people. Like one, everyone was working, and two, well, I didn't even know it was COVID at the beginning. I thought it was just a regular cold, and I just thought, you know, it'd go away. It's a cold, whatever. But as my appetite started to decrease day by day, and physically, I felt like my body was shutting down on me. That's when I knew something. It was something more serious than just a cold, but I didn't want to go to the doctor because I just thought, you know, it'll go away. I went, got tested that day, and it turns out that's exactly what it was. So, right, like it was mild symptoms until it was like you almost couldn't even walk symptoms. Yeah. I was home in the bed most of the time. I didn't really want to get up. Just I didn't even want to get up to go to the bathroom. And my appetite got so bad, to the I lost it. Almost completely to the point where one bite of real food would take away my entire appetite for the whole day. Wow. And I didn't even want to drink water at one point. Do you feel like you should have gotten the COVID vaccine or how do you feel about that? No, honestly, because I mean, I've never gotten a vaccine for almost anything, really. I don't even think my parents got me the flu vaccine when that came around, I don't remember ever getting it. Right. And to me, it's like, you know, you, you get sick, you get over it. I mean, I know that's not the case for most people, but... That is the case for most people. <laughs> that's the case for 99 point, I don't know, <laughs> the last part changes, but it's uh, the case for the majority of people for COVID anyways. Oh, yeah. But yeah. also for the flu, also for a lot of these things that you get vaccinated with, like measles. I had the measles when I was a baby. Um, I was in Mexico, and I had the measles as a baby. So I didn't get vaccinated against measles, mumps, you know, et cetera. But I'm healthy today, and I am immune um, against measles because I had the measles. Um, I never got vaccinated against chickenpox. I got the chickenpox. I'm not anti-vax. 
don't get me wrong. I vaccinate my kids. My kids are vaccinated against measles, chicken pox, etc. But, um, you know, this COVID vaccine, this COVID vaccine, <laughs> this COVID vaccine, I, I, my, my husband got it. Jeremy, did I tell you Jeremy got it? Mm-mm. Yeah. So Jeremy got um, the vaccine and, you know, he got pretty sick after getting the first dose. And um, so the second dose they say is actually worse. So we were bracing ourselves for that, but he got the second dose um, and he was fine. He, he hardly felt it at all. So um, he's fully vaccinated. I am choosing not to be vaccinated up until this point. He wants me to get the vaccine. I've thought about it. Um, you know, I've been thinking about it. I was considering it at the beginning of the year, beginning of 2021, I was considering it. But then once they started mandating it and being super forceful about it, like it made me really not trust whatever's going on. I just don't know. Yeah, I having COVID, uh, I've had many people ask me, are you going to get te- or are you going to get the shot? And I said, no. And they're like, why not? You You had it. And I was like, well. Yeah, I had it. Now you're immune. <laughs> and I, I don't feel like I need to. Right. I don't want to. I mean, if you want to, go ahead. Right. If you don't want to, don't do it. But. Wow, if life were only that simple. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. <laughs> That's so true. Wow. Well, yeah. And I mean, and you can get COVID again once you've had COVID, but you're more immune to it through your natural immunity and antibodies building up in your body from having COVID than you would be from getting the vaccine. Like your body's immune system is stronger than getting the vaccine. Like that's, that's something everyone can agree with. Like it, it's stronger, although we don't know how long it lasts. Um, but uh, having said all that, yeah, I mean, I, I think that people, I agree with you. I think people should be able to decide um, for themselves whether or not they want to get vaccinated. And if the vaccine does what it's supposed to do, like, for instance, I'm not afraid of being around people who have the measles because I have that immunity, you know? Um, I kind of feel like that way about COVID. Like, if I'm around other people, it's like, well, I've already had it. I, I know what it feels like. It's not fun. But I don't feel like there's a, for me personally, I don't feel like I need to fear anything. Like if I go to a place and it says in the window that, you know, you have to wear a mask, I'll wear one. If I don't have to, I won't. Right. Do whichever you want. Well, Fry's says, the Fry's I go to says that, um, uh, not vaccines, says masks required in the store, but probably 75% of the people who go in there don't have masks and no one ever says anything. So I know I don't wear a mask there, but if there's a place where it's like, okay, you have to have a mask to enter, I don't make like a big hoopla or whatever, like, no, you know, (laughs) like try to storm the gates or whatever, you know, choose your battles. But having said that, you know, I've said this before, I told Jeremy, hey, you know, I am totally on board if you want to get vaccinated, because like I said, I'm not anti-vax, I'm not anti-vax, but what I am is pro-freedom, I'm pro-America. I'm pro-Americans. You know, you should be able to fly without having your vaccines. You should be able to go to ball games without having your vaccines. You should be able to go out with your friends. You should be able to have all the rights, privileges, and freedoms that any other American has without having your vaccines. And that's what I told um, Jeremy. 
like get your vaccine, but destroy your vaccine card or don't just don't use it to gain access to something that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. Otherwise, if you do that, you're feeding the beast, you're feeding the authoritarian parasite that has attached itself to the American government today. That's like when I went, I took my trip to Texas, like in the outside of the airport, you don't have to wear a mask. Inside the airport, everyone has to wear a mask. And when we boarded the plane, it was the same thing. But what I don't get is, you know, everything's supposed to be six feet, this, and wear a mask and whatever. But on the plane, we had coming back from Texas was a nearly full flight, which means that every single seat, there was person to person. So that you're less than half a foot away from the next person to you. So it doesn't make sense to me. And the only time you could take your mask off was like to eat a snack or drink some water or whatever. But I mean, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. But it doesn't make sense if you're thinking about it from the logical perspective of these um, ordinances and boundaries and guidelines put in place are there to keep us safe from the coronavirus. That's not why they're there. They're there to um, gain access to our freedom, to our power, to control, and, um, you know, to take our rights away. And I I know that sounds dramatic. No, I don't think it's dramatic because that's exactly what's happening. The people that work at certain places... They're already putting into effect, if you don't get the shot, then you basically get fired. Yeah, it's not right, and it's really sad because, you know, it's easy for me because I'm, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I homeschool my kids. I'm here every day. I don't have to go. I don't have a job job that I could get fired from, right? So it's easy for me to preach to people, like, don't cooperate. Don't comply with them because then you're giving them power. That's what I want to tell people. Like, don't do what you're told to do. If you get the vaccine, tell them you don't have it. Resist, resist, resist. Because if you comply, that's just giving them more access, giving them more power. Um, But it's easy for me to say that because I don't have to risk losing my livelihood because of that decision, because I'm here. But people have jobs. Like, maybe maybe you're a single mom and you have a job where there's more than 100 employees there. And come November, I think that's when this law or whatever is going to be implemented, where if you you have more than 100 employees, you have to have them um, get the vaccination. They're, they're, they're saying it's not about your freedom because that's exactly what it's about. That's exactly what they want to gain is control. But um, there's another component here, and it's starting to get pretty interesting. Um, so I think I, I think if I, the last time I checked, it was like 70% of the black community is not vaccinated. Like they're not getting, not vaccinated from anything, but not vaccinated from COVID. Like they don't want to get the COVID vaccine. I feel like some of them don't want to get it because, I don't know, a lot of them, most black people, not all of them, most of them, were raised up in church. So because of that, they have the security of knowing that it's not a vaccine that's going to keep you safe. It's God, his protection, your security, your identity in him. So they're not relying on a fluid being injected into you to save them or to prevent something from happening. So, I mean, that's part of the reason. That's just my opinion. But I heard somewhere that it also has to do with the fact that um, back in the day, like, 
they said, I forget what it was. It was like a camp where they brought African Americans and um, they all had this disease and they said, we're giving you this medicine for it, this cure for it. Um, It's experimental, but we're giving you this cure. But in reality, they wanted to see what the disease looked like as it progressed. So they were just studying them as they wasted away and they they ended up dying and, and not getting treated at all. In other words, using them like lab rats. Using them like lab rats, yeah. Treating them like they're not human. You're just... Uh, you're just a test, a test to, that they can take advantage of. Whether you live or die, who cares? Right. And I think that a lot of people get that same feeling for this vaccine because it is so new. And I know that they're using a lot of the same um, techniques and strategies and approaches that they's, they've used for a lot of other vaccines that are safe. And it might be safe, but it's so new and the they're protected. The people producing these vaccines are protected from getting sued for bad things that happen to people after they get the vaccine. But... Um, but yeah, so Nicki Minaj, um, she she went on, you know, I Nicki Minaj. Okay, so <laughs> she she has really some raunchy songs that I'm not going to admit to listening to, but I have. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so she's she's typically left leaning. You would think she's you know obviously super rich, super famous. She's a rapper. She's actually a pretty good rapper. I'm not saying anything about her content, but she's actually good at she's really good at what she does. But anyways, did you hear about this this whole predicament with Nicki Minaj? No. So she goes on her Twitter um, account and she starts talking about vaccines, um, you know, not opposing them or whatever. She's just saying she heard that they caused something weird to happen to her cousin's friend. And, you know, you guys should do your research. You should pray about it and don't just do it because they're bullying you. Which is huge. Yes, right on. You know, do your research. Like, don't, she's not telling them not to do it. She's not telling them to do it. She's just saying, hey, do your research. Don't just do it because you're being bullied into doing it. And guess what? She got attacked, like, not physically, but she got attacked. Like, so many people were just enraged. How dare her give them the option of doing their research? Like, how dare her use her platform to, um, say, hey, you're an American citizen and you have the freedom to choose. Or I guess she wasn't just talking to Americans, but, you know, you should have the right to choose what goes into your own body. I think it's a good thing that she said something about it uh, because, well, one, she has a heavy influence on people. And two, she's got a platform. So most people are willing to listen to someone who has their own platform. Right. And three, she addressed something that's real that's going on. And yes, she gave her opinion, but she also, she didn't say like, you have to do this, you have to do that. No, there was no force. She just spoke what she felt. Right. And which is true. You want to get it. You don't, don't do it. But it's just not that simple. Right. Well, yeah. And also I thought it was really cool that she didn't like in most cases when you get canceled and people are like attacking you verbally and like, you know, tearing you apart for taking a stand. Usually these famous people will issue an apology, you know, and be like, you know, grovel at the feet of cancel culture. Um, but not Nicki Minaj. Uh uh-uh. uh. She <laughs> no. she did not back down at all. And it was just a joy to watch that transpire. <laughs> no, that's um, cool. She's she's one of those people you like, that's cool, you got an opinion, but I'm still gonna do what I want to. 
with her platform, it's good that she's addressing issues like that. Because mm-hmm. I, people in, with influence are able to influence people. Right. And it's not a, go do this just because I said so. No, use your brain. Yes. Use your brain. In other words, that's really what it comes down to. Use your brain. Yes. So, yeah, I mentioned earlier that I am going to, I had to get COVID tested yesterday and it was like a rapid result. Obviously, it was negative or else we wouldn't be sitting here. But um, next week, I am going to Tijuana, Mexico on Tuesday. Ask me why. Ooh. (laughs) Why are you going to Tijuana? (laughs) Okay, so I am going to get... Um, a vertical sleeve gastrectomy in a hospital, a weight loss surgery hospital in Mexico. Slash, it's kind of like a hospital slash resort. There's like a hotel with it, and like so. Okay, so I'm flying in on Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, I'm getting the surgery, and then I'm gonna stay two nights in the hospital, and then um, I'm going to go to a hotel or resort. And I'm going to stay until Sunday where I'm flying back home. Um, and I'm flying to San Diego. And then they're going to drive me back to San Diego. And It sounds sketchy, but it's so not, guys. It's so not. Um, I didn't announce it last week because I didn't want to give you guys much time to give me a hard time about it. <laughs> now you guys only have a week, um, if less than a week, to um, reach out to me about this. But I'm not going to change my mind, so don't try to change my mind for me. But it's super legit. Um, look it up on YouTube. I'm going to, uh, Dr. Ortiz is going to do my surgery. And um, actually, some people choose to go to this place instead of having their, their a surgeon here in the U.S. do it because um, Dr. Ortiz is so good at what he does. And this hospital is um, just known for specializing in this area. So I'm really excited and nervous, and it's going to be awesome. It's my first time going to Mexico without eating like an amazing amount of Mexican <laughs> food. Um, and I'm a little sad about that, but it's going to be good because I, I have to be fasting, of course, um, for the three days prior. So, but it's I'm excited. How do you think you're going to feel when it's all over? I mean, I know it hasn't happened yet, so you don't know what you're going to feel, but like what life's going to be like after. I know it's going to be a struggle and I know that this isn't a quick fix. I know that you have to be really disciplined in what you eat and drink. Like some people get this surgery, they go home, and since they can't drink or eat regular food, they just drink milkshakes and they don't lose any weight. Or if they do, they lose it and then they gain it all back. So it is hard work. It's just a tool to help. It's a tool to help. So I'm going to probably feel like crap when I get back. Honestly, it's probably going to be a tough road because you can't eat um, very much. My stomach will be the size of a cheese stick. So that's how much food I'll be able to fit into my body. And I'll be on liquids for a while. And um, then when I do start eating regular food after a few weeks or like three weeks, I think it is, then um, I'll only be able to eat very little and also very a specific um, kind of food. Like some foods will make me nauseous, like if I try to eat pizza or something like that, like the grease and stuff will mess with my new stomach. So it, it might make me sick if I try to eat those things, which is good. But I also plan to do paleo, um, to just eat strict paleo after, which is like, you know, um, like basically it's like the hunter's diet, like food that you can eat, like uh, chicken, um, you can eat steak, you can eat foods like that, but it has to be like natural stuff, like not like breads and not like sugars, no dairy. So cutting out the carbs. Yeah. Um, carbs and sugar, cutting out the carbs and sugar. It's kind of like keto, just less bacon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
there's not really a lot of like there's dirty keto a lot of people do dirty keto but it's like way cleaner than that like way cleaner than that so I'm really really excited about this journey um I'm nervous um I have great expectation but you know what I was talking to my mom and you know I I shared with you about addiction the last time yes so I've felt like this addiction has been something that's um stood in the way of like you know nothing can separate you from the love of god but when you're walking in a sin that you know is sin and you know you're doing something wrong every single day and when you go to bed at night you know you're going to do the same thing the next day and you feel like you can't stop and then you try to get into the presence of god and you just feel nothing like that's what this has done to me you know and when I repent and truly repent, God is there and he ushers me into his presence, but, and he forgives me like he's so good and he's forgiven me so, so, so many times, but I'm tired of allowing this to be a wedge between my walk with Christ, my relationship with God. And so this is me, like the Bible says, if your right hand causes you to sin, so chop it off. You know, I'm not blaming my stomach. My stomach's not the enemy, but this is a drastic um, move for me to make in order to break this addiction once and for all. And that doesn't mean I'll never have to fight it again. I'll I'll have to protect myself from this addiction for the rest of my life. You know, I, I that doesn't mean, um, that means I'll probably never be able to have sweets. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sugar is a thing for me. I, I haven't gone, gotten to the point where I know where all the boundaries are going to be, but I know for a year... I'm not going to have any sweets. I'm not going to have breads. I'm going to do it for a year. I'm not going to have any alcohol. I'm going to do it for a year and um, just break this, like just completely shatter this addiction. That's like um, with mine, I noticed that chips and sweets, like just major sweet tooth and chips as far as the salty goes. So making those changes like nuts, nuts are salty. But then even eating too many of those could be bad just because of this amount of salt. So lightly salted is better. Right, right. But it, I've noticed that it kind of, it takes away me wanting to get the saltiness. And there's the crunch from the nuts. So right. that's like one of the healthy swaps I've made. I well, mean, everything in moderation and too much of a good thing is always a bad thing. Always. And if you allow it to rule your life, then it becomes an idol and then it becomes a sin. Something what I read a verse the other day the other day that talks about how when we worship a good thing that God created and we allow it to have power over us and control over us, that's when it becomes an idol. So it's a good thing that God meant for us to enjoy, just like sex. Sex is a good thing that God meant for us to enjoy, but when it's when it's used in a way that doesn't glorify God and outside of the boundaries that he gave us and we're controlled by it and we're ruled by it, then it's an idol and we become a slave to whatever we obey. So that's what this food thing has been for me, you know? And and it's not a conviction for everyone. Not everyone has this strong of a conviction about this, and that's fine. You know, there's also um, scripture about conviction, and and if you're convicted of something and think that it's wrong, then you shouldn't do it, even if someone who you admire does it and they think it's perfectly fine. Like drinking al- alcohol, for instance. You know, alcohol is not a sin. Drinking alcohol is not a sin in and of itself. But if you have a conviction and when you drink alcohol you feel bad, then you shouldn't drink it. 
Or if you have a weakness or a proneness to alcoholism and you drink one glass of wine, you have to drink four glasses of wine, then yeah, you should probably stop doing that, you know? But it's something between you and God that God has to give you that conviction for. Yes, with that being said, that's also, it also says that um, what what he convicts you of might not be the same conviction for the next person. So you can't just put that on another person. Exactly. Like, like with the... Okay, like with the food for me personally. Okay, well, I because I'm trying to do better and eat healthy in my life, I can't just tell everybody around me like, hey, no sweets, no salty, no nothing. You can't do that because I'm going to get tempted and eat it. Right. But that's not how that works. That's my personal conviction. That's my... That's part of my walk with God. So I can't expect. And there were times where I did want that to happen and where I tried to control that with other people in the past and it did not work out. And it wasn't going to work out because it wasn't for them. It was for me. Right. So with me learning that it's my own personal conviction, I can't put it on others. That's another reason why I think this surgery is going to be so beneficial for me because it is like a rehab. Like... You know, I'm a mom of five and, you know, I have an amazing, strong husband who doesn't have a weight issue. And, you know, to, for me to say you guys can't have bread in the house, that would be that would be ludicrous. You know, that would not make sense. I have a lot of kids who love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm not going to say you can't have bread in the house because I have a problem with bread, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know. With this surgery, it's like a, it's it's giving my brain a break from that dopamine because I won't be able to give my brain that dopamine hit, you know, because um, every time you eat something good, that releases a little bit of dopamine in your brain and your brain literally gets addicted to it. Um, the same thing with social media. If That's how people get addicted to social media. So this surgery is going to break that cycle and it's up to me to maintain that. Um, I'm going to have to work really hard to maintain that and to get there. But it's a boost. It's a boost. It's a huge freaking boost. You guys, just keep me in prayer. Keep me in prayer um, uh, just for this to go well and also for my journey to go well. And um, I would really appreciate that. Hey, so Sandra, thank you so much for being here. I always love hanging out with you. I loved going shopping with you today and having this cup of coffee. You're just a really good friend to have. And I'm very thankful for you. Thank you for having me. I love when I'm around you. It's fun all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fun all the time. I don't know about that, but thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I will see you guys next time. And next time I will have 80% less of my stomach because that's how much they cut out in VSG surgery. So I'll be less of me, but in a good way um, on the next episode of The Brazen Truth, which is two weeks from today. Uh, and, uh, you know, let me know what you guys think, your questions. If you guys have questions about the, how the surgery went or whatever, um, you guys can find me on Facebook or you can comment below. I really appreciate you guys so much. And I look forward to the next episode of The Brazen Truth. You guys have a great weekend and stay safe.